0: So, today's title of today's message is Unashamed. If we have the next slide, I want to show a picture of Mount Everest. So, um, Mount Everest is the tallest point in the world, the tallest mountain in the world, if you will. And because of this, it's become a very popular expedition for mountain climbers, but it's very, very dangerous. So, there's a top portion of the mountain known as uh, the death zone. So oxygen, oxygen there. It's one third of what they are at uh, sea level, and the barometric uh, pressure makes you feel uh, ten times your weight. And so this makes climbers feel sluggish, disoriented, fatigued, and climbers often they don't last more than uh, forty-eight hours uh, in this area. And it's really, really sad and tragic. But some of them uh, freeze to death. Um, they can't make it to the top, or they make it to the top, but they freeze to death and a lot of times it's impossible to retrieve their bodies because of how dangerous the, uh, the death zone is. And so if you were to climb up, you might see bodies still there, just frozen as a grave reminder of how dangerous this place is. In 1979, this is a really sad story, there was a woman from Germany um, who actually, she made it to the top of the mountain. She summited successfully at the top of the mountain, but on the way down, she died to exhaustion and frostbite because a snowstorm had hit the mountain overnight. And she was actually 330 feet away from base camp. So she was so close to home, but she couldn't make it. And so I share this because, I mean, it's a really tragic story, but I believe that you and I, we're not climbing Mount Everest, uh, where life and death are at stake, but I do think we're in a similar situation. I think we are in another race, another climb that has higher stakes. I do believe believe that this life we're living, it is a race. And I think more than just physical death, um, the stakes are higher, where eternal death and eternal life are at stake. And I think for all of you here, I want you to think to yourself, do you truly believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Maybe some of us, we claim to be a Christian, but how you live your Christian life says something different. Will you make it to the end? Or will you abandon Jesus in pursuits of other things, whether it's success, entertainment, finishing your homework? Do you actually want to finish the Christian race well and remain faithful? Because life and death, it really is at stake. And so that's what I'll be t- talking about today. Um, and I hope that's something we can zone into. And so it's why even following with us, we actually been preaching through the book of John um, before September, but for October and November, we're going to take a break. And I want to focus on 2 Timothy. Um, We actually started preaching the first half of this uh, two weeks ago, but the author of 1 Timothy is Paul. He wrote this letter to Timothy uh, before Paul knew his execution was uh, about to take place. And he reflects on what it's like to um, to run the race and to fight the good fight. So Paul is one who has finished the race and he's giving encouragement to Timothy on how he can finish the race of life as well. And I think that will apply to us as we are running this race in life. So if we have the next slide, uh, the question I want us to ask is, how can I faithfully follow Jesus in a Jesus-hating world? There is such thing as spiritual warfare. There is such thing as an enemy. We don't just live in a vacuum. It's not just a materialistic world. It's also a spiritual world with attacks and I do believe that we have to be ready. And so and there are two commands, that I think, that help us live faithfully, follow Jesus faithfully in a world that opposes and hates Jesus. So if you have your Bibles, you should already be in uh, 2 Timothy verse, or 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 13. Give me a moment to turn there in my Bible. I'll give you guys a moment to turn there as well. But if we could have the next slide as well. Um, that's what we are going to read the first two, uh, first verse. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 13. Let's break this down little by little. Verse 13 says this. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. If you're with us two weeks ago, uh, Paul was proclaiming the gospel to Timothy that God gives us not a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. And it's because of this that we can suffer for the gospel. And so we are to follow in the pattern of the sound words. Let's have the next point. It will give us the main command for this. So here's how I might summarize this verse. In a world that can only offer momentary and empty forms of love, follow the words of the one who loves you faithfully and eternally. I truly believe every single person in this room is searching for love. As infants, the moment you're born, you need the love of your parents. It's why when the moment you're born, you're quickly given to your mother or your father to bond, to receive that love and nurture. And it's why as you grow up and you become teenagers, you you still need the love of your parents, but you also need the love of your friends, your peers, the people around you. But I think here's the catch. As much as we need the love of our parents, of our friends and society, their love towards you, even my love for you guys, it's imperfect. I cannot love and care for everyone perfectly because I'm a sinner. We need, everyone in this world needs love, but we need a stable, perfect, and faithful love of someone who is 100% trustworthy. And this kind of love can only come from God, not from anybody else. But as you guys know, We live in an imperfect world, and often we are tempted to find love in the wrong places. Sometimes teenagers who feel lonely, they turn to the thrill of romance, hoping they can find a love in a boyfriend or girlfriend who can give them attention. Other teenagers might feel lonely, so they turn to the thrill of video games, hoping that the joy and thrill of meeting friends online, uh, completing a task together, just having fun, fills that hole in their heart. Some teenagers feel uh, lonely and empty, so they turn to substance, alcohol, vaping, and weed. And a lot of times they're doing it just because they don't want to be left out. The people around them, their friends, are doing these things, so maybe they should just join so they have someone to be around. Some teenagers, they feel rejected maybe by their parents, their friends, and so they um, believe that if I can be a lovable person, if I make something of myself. So they bury themselves in academic uh, endeavor, success, hoping that it'll set you up to be someone worth loving. I believe every person here has an infinite spiritual hole in our hearts and we're trying to fill that with love. But we keep forgetting that it's only God, an infinite God, that can fill an infinite hole. If you try to go to boyfriend, girlfriend, success, video games, to fill that hole in your heart, it's going to fail you. You're going to put too much burden in that boy, girl, that... GPA, that college, it won't make you happy. If you get into that school of your dreams, I tell you, you'll feel great for moments, maybe a day or a week, but it's going to fade away. It's going to go away, and you'll go back to your normal self. What if I told you that you don't have to make yourself lovable or perfect, because that's impossible. But there is someone who loves you And sees that you are worth loving despite your flaws. That is Jesus. And his love for you is from everlasting to everlasting. You may fail. You may stumble into sin. Your grades may not be perfect. You may still struggle with certain addictions. You will still feel regret about your past mistakes. But what if I told you that nothing can separate you from his love? That might be somebody worth following. And this is why we're called to follow in the patterns of the one who gives us sound words. Isn't this the kind of love we're all searching for? So we can only effectively follow the pattern of the sound words if we understand the one that we are following. So the word follow, follow the pattern of the sound words. Paul is giving Timothy a last encouragement. Timothy, I know, you know, my time is coming soon. I'm going to be executed I'll no longer be on this world anymore. Timothy, my protege, my, my Padawan, my pastor in training, follow the pattern of my Lord and Savior Jesus, and it will keep you on the right path. And so uh, the pattern of the sound words. How many of you guys have like, the new iPhone 14? Does anybody have that in this room? Oh, okay. <laughs> Just curious. So let me give you an example which might help understand this verse a little bit more. So he has no Apple headquarters. It's located in Cupertino, California. That's NorCal. And so that's there where I assume they design the prototype, the, uh, the design patterns of the iPhone 14. But iPhones aren't made in NorCal. They're um, outsourced to places in Asia. And so in order for the design prototype in NorCal Cupertino to successfully be created and manufactured overseas, they have to have the same prototype. And so the workers in Asia must receive and follow the same pattern and designs from Cupertino, California, Apple headquarters. That's the only way that they can successfully make iPhones, sell in Apple stores, and deceive the American population. I'm just kidding. Uh, You should be really happy and content with your iPhones that you have. But in the same way, if you really want to live the Christian life well, you must follow the original prototype, the original pattern, the original standard, and that is the gospel. Build your life on the gospel, which just means good news that Jesus died on the cross for sinners like you and me, and whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. If you, this is the prototype, the standard, the pattern of sound words. If you build your life on this, you will be good. You will struggle, but at the end of the life, you will make it. You will not freeze to death on this Christian race. You will make it to the end. So, some application points. How do I actually do this? If we go to the next slide, there are some things I want us to think about. Um, I have three application points. Um, the first one, if we go to the next slide, is: Do you trust the one that you follow? Do you trust the one that you follow? That's the first question I want us to think about. If a stranger rolls up in a car and says, "Hey, get into my car," you might—how would you react? You might like, "Oh, uh, stranger danger!" You would run away. But let's say your friend rolls up in a car. And they say, hey, get in, we're going to Disneyland, we're going to Knott's Berry Farm, we're going to Boomers, we're going to, to Camelot. You'd be like, oh my gosh, let's go. The difference between the first situation with a stranger and the second situation with um, your friends is that you trust your friends. So the only way that you can actually follow the pattern, the sound words of the gospel, do you trust Jesus? Do you actually know him? Or is he a stranger? Is he just someone you know by knowledge? So that's the the first question I want us to ask. The second thing I want us to apply is to listen and learn from faithful preaching and teaching. Listen and learn from faithful preaching and teaching. Obviously, at the church, the local church, the main task of a pastor and how he shepherds his people is to preach and to teach. That is the main way that a pastor can hit the most amount of people in the shortest amount of time. I can't meet with all of you guys one-on-one, but I can speak to you all at once on on Sunday mornings and on Friday nights. That's the best way that I can shepherd and guide you guys. So if you want to follow the pattern of the sound words, uh, prioritize faithful preaching and teaching. And you can come ready to learn. So bringing your Bibles, your notebooks, your pens, sitting with friends who actually want to learn, That will put you in the right mindset to learn from God's word. And on the contrary, you can place yourself, sit with people who don't, or sit, avoid sitting with people who don't want to learn. Avoid sitting with people who uh, maybe fall asleep or they're not really here to learn because that's really going to distract you. And I want to encourage you guys. I think not every church has this culture. Uh, Some churches, sometimes the youth show up, they don't bring their Bibles. They don't come ready to learn. I know that's not all of us, but many of you guys, you do bring your Bibles. Not just on your phones, but a paper Bible. You do bring your notebooks. You do bring your pens. You come ready to learn. If you came to school on the biggest day and you forgot your book, you probably failed. You didn't come ready to learn. And so what does it say about us if we come to church and we don't bring a Bible? We don't bring a pen. We don't sit with people who want to learn. What does that say about our our readiness and how we view church? Is it just a social club, or is it something that we want to attend to and prioritize so that we can know God and be with His people? A lot of you guys do a really good job with this, so I'm really encouraged, and I want to keep encouraging you guys to keep going. This is how we prioritize the preaching of uh, God's word and following the pattern of His sound, of sound words. Um, third thing, uh, if we have the next point, is surround yourself with godly, people. I don't know many of you guys super, super well. I know some of you guys quite well, but if you told me the type of friends you hung out with, I could probably say to some degree what kind of person you are. You are largely influenced by the people you surround yourself with. Tell me who your friends are and I'll have an idea of what kind of person you are. So Timothy was able to grow and pastor a church because he had a mentor Paul. Paul mentors Timothy, and Timothy mentors younger pastors um, and um, establishes a church uh, beneath him. So if I'd ask you, do you have a Paul in your life? Do you have an older brother or sister in the faith that you can talk to when not everything is going well? I mean, for us, yes, if you guys come here on Fridays, uh, that's really easy. You're your Unicoi counselor or your other young adults that you've been able to uh, learn from. Do you have the types of relationships at FCBC that you can turn to older, um, older brothers and sisters in the faith to learn from them? Maybe not just older folks, but also the peers around you. Are you surrounding yourself with people in your small group that actually want to learn and grow? And maybe if you're in seventh and eighth grade, it's totally fine a small group is just bonkers and everyone's off the wall. That's how junior high is. I miss junior high. I love junior high. But there, at the end of the day, there should be Maybe a basic seed of desire. Do you want to grow closer to God? And if you're a junior high student right now and you really want to grow closer in the faith, but you don't know if your small group is doing that, well, come to prayer meeting. Shameless plug, come to prayer meeting because there are students there who actually want to grow in the faith. They want to grow closer with one another, and you will meet upperclassmen who will take you in and will invest in you and will befriend you. So if you're a young student and you're looking for that, come to prayer meeting. You'll experience that community that you might be longing for um, at this time. Um, So, that's what my encouragement for you guys. Surround yourself with godly people because their godliness will encourage you to pursue godliness in this life. So, whenever there is something amazing in life, there will always be copycats or counterfeits. For every McDonald's, there will be a, a Burger King. For every Uh, Disneyland, there will be boomers. Uh, For every Lakers, there will be clippers. (laughs) Uh, For every gospel, there will be a false gospel. There will be other religions that will try to um, copy the gospel or imitate the gospel, but it will fall short. So as followers of Jesus, if you believe the gospel, now your job is to guard the gospel Protect the gospel. So let's go to the next slide, please. And we'll go into our second point. Look at verse 14. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. There's only one main command in here. Guard. It's an imperative. It's a command. Guard the good deposit. Like a security guard who's stationed in our church to keep an eye out uh, for thieves, suspicious, suspicious activity. The guard is trying to protect the people here. And so Christians are to guard the good deposit. The word deposit simply means treasure. Guard the treasure. And what is that treasure? It's the gospel. It is the good news. So you must guard this treasure of the gospel because the good news has the power to save sinners and rescue them into the kingdom of God. There are people bent on corrupting the gospel and deceiving Christians in Staff meetings, pastoral staff meetings, we talk about cults who come to our church and try to steal sheep from us. We talk about people, we have to be on guard, certain groups, so they come to FCBC. And If you're not careful, you might be deceived. So they actually are, there are people coming to FCBC to deceive, distrust, and dilute and corrupt the gospel. Are you alert? Do you know your gospel well enough to defend it, to know that the difference between a true gospel versus A false gospel that promises health and wealth in this day and age. I want to play maybe a fun uh, activity, engaging activity. Um, There was a survey done this year in 2022 called the State of Theology, What Evangelicals Believe in 2022. And so there's a list of survey questions that tested or surveyed what do Christians believe about certain doctrines of the faith because that makes up the gospel. Um, So in the next slide, let's play something really interesting for, um, let's have the next point as well. Um, (laughs) There we go. So I'm going to list up certain statements and play this, do this with your friends. Give a thumbs up if you agree with a certain statement. Give a thumbs down if you disagree with a statement. All right, let's go to the next slide and um, let's see the first statement. God accepts worship from all religions, including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Is that a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Okay, let's get uh, the next point. 58% actually agree with this of all the survey done, but this is actually false. Jesus in John 14, 6 says that he alone is the way, the truth, and the life. No one, no other religion comes to the Father except through me, meaning Jesus. So it's very concerning that this survey, um, 58% of Christians in the survey believe that God accepts worship from um, Judaism, Islam, maybe Mormonism, Buddhism. So that's very concerning. All right, let's go to the next point. The Bible, like all sacred writings, contain helpful accounts of ancient myths, but is not literally true. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Do you agree or disagree with this? All right, let's have, what do this, What does the survey say? The? 53% people agree that the Bible, it's helpful. We believe certain historical figures existed, but they actually agree it's not literally true. And we know that this is false because 2 Timothy 3.16 says that Scripture is God's word given to men, uh, but it's breathed out by God. But the original manuscripts, the original copies are true and without error. So that's a lot of concern about this. Uh, let's go to the next next point. Jesus is the first and greatest being created by God. true or false? What do you guys think? I don't know they're all false. <laughs> okay, let's have the next points. Uh, 73% agree that Jesus was cre- the first and greatest being created by God. But we know that this is false because in John 1.1, 1, 1, It says that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Who is the Word? Jesus. Jesus is the Word. John proclaims and is the forerunner for the Word of God, which is Jesus. So, to say that Jesus was created is false and it is heresy. There are actually some religions that they believe in a Jesus, but they don't believe he's God. They believe that When he was born 2,000 years ago, that's when he was created. That's heretical. Um, That means Jesus can't die for your sins if he's not fully God. Okay, next uh, point. The Holy Spirit is a force but not a personal being. Agree or disagree? Let's see some thumbs. Let's see some thumbs. Okay, let's have a... So yeah, 55% agree that the Holy Spirit is a force but not a personal being. Again, that is false. The Bible says that personal, that the Holy Spirit is a personal being that you can sin against the Holy Spirit. This Holy Spirit can be grieved um, by our actions. We see that in Isaiah 63, Acts 5, Ephesians 4. So the Holy Spirit, it's not like the force from Star Wars. It's not like this weird force or energy. The Holy Spirit is a being, just like Jesus and just like God the Father. All right, last one, and this will definitely be very um, controversial. Gender identity is a matter of choice. If I feel like a girl, I am a girl. If I feel like a boy, I am a boy. Let's see what evangelicals believe. Uh, Next point, 42% agree. So these are evangelicals. These are Christians in this survey, at least. But we know that this is false, as much as you as much surgery as you get, as much hormone changing uh, uh, pills that you take, it doesn't change your DNA. You're still XX or XY, you're still male or female, to the very DNA to the very bones. You can change everything about your external, but you are still male or female. and that's what God says in Genesis one 27. He created humans, male and female. All right? so Let's have our next slide. Um, Good job. Woo, you guys passed. So now that you understand the gospel, you must guard it. So if you actually want to see the results of the survey, just go to stateoftheology.com, and you can actually see more detail of how people interacted with uh, the survey. And if you, I guess, got it wrong, you put a thumbs up when it should be a thumbs down. Don't feel bad. I mean, you guys are still learning and growing in the Christian faith. It's why we have Sunday school. It's to build your theology. A the- theology is just study of God. A theos is God. Ology is study of. So don't feel bad. There are still things, a lot of things that I don't know. Um, a lot of things I forget. So we're all learning and growing together. And if you understand the basic gospel, you must guard it. Because what if you have a friend who said, "Well, um, hey, I'm a Mormon. You're a Christian." We're the same, right? We worship the same God. You right there have to guard and protect the gospel. You, you might have a friend who says, well, don't all religions lead to God? Isn't it kind of narrow-minded to say that Christianity is the only way? You must guard the gospel. Because your friends, they're not all, well, they're not all trying to tear you down. They just maybe don't know. Um, so be kind, but guard the gospel, but do it with grace. You might be thinking, well, Kevin, I don't know a whole lot. I'm just a human. What if I get something wrong? What what if I say the wrong thing? Well, let's reread the original verse. Let's go to the next slide. I want to remind us, somebody is on your side. The key to guarding your faith comes in the very first phrase. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. That's a key phrase. If you just rely on your intelligence and your memory I have a bad memory alone, we'll fail. There are billions of people in the world. You can't possibly think that one person can defend the gospel to billions of people or even the, the hundreds of people at your school. But you have someone on your side. That someone is the Holy Spirit. If you are a Christian, isn't it incredible? I still find this mind-blowing that the Holy Spirit... Dwells in you. I sometimes think, man, I wish I was born 2,000 years ago. So at least I could see Jesus. I could see his miracles. I could see him walk on water, feed the 5,000. Then maybe my faith would be stronger. But you know what? You actually have access to God more than they did 2,000 years ago. Because back then, the disciples, they saw Jesus like in person. But they didn't have the Holy Spirit within them. Jesus, when he ascended into the heaven, he tagged in the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit dwells in you. And so the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead flows through your heart, gives you courage to stand up and live for the gospel, gives you faith, to trust in the gospel when the world opposes Christian truth. You have the Holy Spirit on your side. The Spirit of God is with you, so do not be discouraged. And as much as I say that, the truth is there will, there will still be some who will walk away. That happened to Paul back then. Uh, the three weird names that you read about earlier, uh, one of them remained faithful, two of them walked away. And that's going to happen in today's life. You may have friends who walk away from the faith. You may have friends who remain faithful in the faith. But let's read our final portion of the passage. Um, if we can have the next slide. We're going to read verses 15 to 18. So let's see these three friends of Paul in verse 15 to 18. You are aware that all who are in Asia turned away from me, among whom are uh, Phygellus and Herm- Hermogenes. Um, may the Lord grant mercy to the household of On- Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he arrived in Rome, he searched for me earnestly and found me. May the Lord grant him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. And you well know all the service you rendered at Ephesus. Have you ever had a friend stand up for you in front of other people? It's the best feeling in the world when you're down and somebody stands up for you. On the other hand, have you ever had a friend who did not stand up for you? You're down, you had... That friend an opportunity to stand up for you, but for some reason they didn't. That can be the worst feeling in the world to wish you had that support. And that's what happens to Paul. He had two friends who walked away from him. They were ashamed that Paul was in prison. They were ashamed that they believed in the faith, and one of those faith leaders was arrested. That's a pretty embarrassing thing. Like if I were arrested and then you guys were at school, you oh yeah, I go to the church and that's my youth pastor. They'd be like, oh, the guy that got arrested? Oh, that's kind of weird. So you kind of understand there's a shame aspect to um, following someone who has been arrested or in prison. But there was one friend who faithfully um, st- stuck with Paul. And that was uh, Ones, Ones Sephoris. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. Oh, I'm just going to call him oh. Um, <laughs> O. Oh followed Paul, and he was faithful to Paul. And he served him, he found him, he, he sought him out when he, whenever he was around. And I think for us, I want you guys to consider that every year that you grow up, um, from junior high to high school, from high school to college, um, people walk away. I, I think about um, seventh graders, by the time you become seniors, not everyone will stick with FCBC. Not everyone will be walking in the faith. Some will say, uh, you know, I'm, it's too busy at school. I, I've got schedules. I, I've got homework. I maybe I'll focus on God um, when I have more time." And maybe they're not—they're um, not bad intention, but their heart reveals something. And I want you to know that not everyone will continue walking in the Lord. And and that's something that I think maybe we don't really think about a lot. Because it happened with Paul and it happens even today. And that's something, I, my biggest prayer for you, are you taking ownership of your faith? Are you following in the pattern of the sound words of the gospel? If you do, you can have hope that you will make it to the end, that you will be faithful to the end. But if you're not walking in the sound words, in the pattern of the gospel, then you're building your life on sinking sand. There will only be moments it will only be so much time until you fall away so I pray that if you're here right now and you know you're not walking with the Lord the first move is not to force yourself to be better the first move is to pray God, I don't know if I love you right now I don't know if I actually believe in this Christianity thing but can you help me? I know I can't change myself but I know you can change myself you can change me the first move is to pray for the Spirit's power to break open your heart, to see Jesus as He truly is. And for those who are saved, pray for boldness. Pray for courage. You have friends who do not know the gospel, or you have friends who believe a false gospel. If you love your friend, that should move you to reach out to them. This is my big idea today, if we go to the next slide. Uh, oh, maybe it's not there. There it is. All right. The love of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit empower Christians to boldly live out the gospel until the very, very end. You're not on your own. You have the love of Jesus and the power of the Spirit, and it will give you strength to live and finish the Christian life. You know, at the beginning of today's message, I talked about Mount Everest, that It was extremely dangerous. Many people freeze to death. I also believe this life, not everyone will make it. Not everyone will be saved. That's just a fact. Some believe in Jesus, some don't. But I think there is hope. If you are genuinely saved, I do believe in something that's called the perseverance of the saints. Um, Once saved, always saved. That if you genuinely give your life to Jesus and you're genuinely saved... You may struggle, you may falter, you you may have moments of weakness, but God will ultimately hold on to you. He will carry you home. And so I believe that's something that we can rest our hope in. Is that the Jesus you know today? Because that's the only Jesus worth following and it's the only way that your life will be transformed in the way that's described in Scripture. So by the Holy Spirit's, Keep running the good race, let's do it together. (laughs)